This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right, today on Science with Simi, we're doing something a little bit different. We're talking about a book. And here's the thing. What would you do with your life if you knew at a young age that no matter what you did, you were going to get a very serious type of cancer relatively early in your life, possibly even in your 40s? Like, how do you think that would impact you pretty deeply, right? I mean, that would probably color every single thing that you did. It'd be hard to get that out of your mind. Now, imagine an entire family, generation after generation, that knew that was the case for them. It's not fiction. It's not just some crazy idea that we're making up here. It's been reality for one family here in Canada that has a unique and devastating gene in their DNA. This family is the family of author Amy McKay. You might have read her book, The Birth House. Her latest is a memoir and family history called Daughter of Family G, and she joins us now to talk more about this. Amy, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me on the show. Tell me about this gene that your family has. So I have a gene that predisposes me to cancer, um, several different kinds of cancer. The, um, the name of the syndrome is called Lynch syndrome. It's a genetic disorder. And the types of cancers are colorectal cancer, gastric cancer, pancreatic cancer, and for women, um, endometrial cancer and ovarian cancer. And as you said, at an earlier than average age. Right. We're talking uh, legendary in your family stories that go back 100 years of of women dying young. Yes, absolutely. And and men too. But um, the stories were passed along mostly by the women in my family, starting with my great-great-aunt Pauline. Um, who first uh, talked about it in our family um, in the late 1800s, so 1895, and documented not only in my family records, but also in scientific records. And um, she's known as the seamstress in lots of different uh, corners of the genetics field, even in papers that are written today in the 21st century. So this family has been known, your family has been known by researchers for a long time for having this unique situation. Right, yeah. And of course, back then, they didn't even, they weren't using the word gene. We didn't know how to map the DNA. Um, but she had made a confession to a pathologist at the University of Michigan that she said, I know when I'm going to die. I know that I'm going to die young. And I know exactly how this is going to happen because it's happened to so many other people in my family. And astoundingly enough, she was 23 when she made this confession to this pathologist. She had been doing some mending for him, and um, she actually was a dressmaker in Ann Arbor. And the thing was is that um, it shocked him to hear these words come out of this woman's mouth. But she herself had been mapping this, these patterns in the family, Mm -hmm. um, had been sketching out the family tree, had been recording symptoms, ages of onset, and so on, because she wanted answers. She wanted to save her family. This is the late 1800s we're talking about. Yeah. And so what is the average age, would you say, that someone in your family gets cancer? 46. And to put that in perspective, I'm 51. Amy. Yeah. Yeah, it's overwhelming. But um, because of all those years ago when Pauline made this confession and because my family is the longest known cancer genealogy that's been studied and, um, and documented on the planet, um, in the early 2000s, they were able to isolate the genetic mutation that causes this in my right. family. And not just in my family, but in other families as well. So this research has been important, not just for the scope of of my family, but for others. And I'm what's called a previvor, meaning I've not had cancer. Um, but because I know this about myself, I can get yearly screenings, I can get the tests I need, and it keeps me healthy. Keeps you healthy for now, right? I know that right. in the book when I was talking about this is, the doctors even said to you, we'll do what we can. 
but it is inevitable at some point. Well, it's not 100%. It's so, you know, I mean, but the statistics aren't that great. It's upwards 85% that yeah. I will get colorectal cancer in my lifetime. And having 85%. Yeah, it's really off the charts. And the thing is, is that, you know, I've watched people I love. My oldest brother had colorectal cancer um, at the age of 50, but it was caught very early. Um, and he had the surgery he needed, he had the treatment that he needed, and he went on to, you know, compete in triathlons. The guy is just a monster. He's amazing. amazing. That (laughs) is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. How do you deal with that, though, every day? As you said, the average age 46, you're now 51. Yeah. That's a hard thing to live with and to kind of go about your daily life knowing and having that hanging over you. Yeah. Well, it's the reason why I wrote the memoir was because I wanted to document this kind of journey. You know, I live in this weird state that's between wellness and cancer. And I've been doing it now for almost 20 years. And I was one of the first people who was tested for this syndrome um, that hadn't already had cancer. And Lynch syndrome was documented even before the BRCA1 and 2 genes. So I have some experience (laughs) of trying to navigate it. It's really, um, yeah, it's practical stuff, but it's also very emotional terrain. It's difficult. What I found fascinating in the book, among so many things, is that there's members of your family, some of whom who want to get tested, obviously, and quite a few who do not. They just don't want to know. They don't want to know, and it's difficult, um, I have to say, to watch people go through that because I've also seen people who who don't want to come to terms with it, who put off the warning signs, and and they end up paying the price later. So as difficult as it is to navigate this emotional terrain, it's also a gift to know these things about myself. I know when I was diagnosed and I told my mom, which was one of the hardest things I ever had to do, uh, she said to me, she said, you know, the, you're the same person you were yesterday. You just know something new about yourself. And it feels like a burden today, but you're going to find that it's actually going to be a strength. And she was right. I got about halfway through the book, as I mentioned to Amy, because <laughs> yeah. I've got a lot of books going on right now, but I am definitely going to finish it. But what I was trying to kind of get ahead and read mm. was you were talking about the struggle that you had in how to discuss this with your kids, your son right. in particular, when he got to a certain age. Should he be? And he had a serious relationship, and you thought, is it time to tell him now that right. he could be carrying this gene? That's a lot of honesty you have to cope with. How did you deal with that? Well, I was lucky to have had a mother who was very open and honest about cancer and about health and and illness and and so on, and not in a way that ever scared me as a child. Right. Like I, you know, the first time I heard the word cancer, I think it was five. But she was very open, and so um, yeah, my boys were one and eight when I was diagnosed, and so teaching them as as they grew up, never hiding it from them, but also, you know, saving the really important serious conversations for certain moments. And as my eldest became old enough to get tested, yeah, there were some very serious conversations. And as a mother, having to sit back and realize this is his choice. He'll make that choice to be mm-hmm. tested. It's not my choice to make, but wanting him desperately to do so. And then that really put into perspective when I made my mom wait a little bit for my decision to be tested, right? So, um, but That's he, always the case with parenting, though, isn't uh, it? Oh, absolutely, in everything, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no different that way. Um, but yeah, wanting him to be informed and empowered because knowledge is power, especially in this case. Um, and then, yeah, he did make that decision. He did go ahead and, and get tested. And Must have been a hard thing as a parent, too, like just knowing was. that you've got this may have come from the, my family, and you're going to have to deal with this your whole life. Right. There's a 50-50% chance that you pass it on to your kids. Um, and yeah, and he, he is positive. Um, it's, it's in the book. I mean, you know, he agreed for me to talk about it with others. Because he also feels it's important that people know about this. Yeah. One in 279 people 
have Lynch syndrome, but only 5% know it. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, so there may be families out there who have these kinds of stories that you had in your family, but they've just never... Made the connection yeah. or talked to their general pr- practitioners about it, um, you know, and that's the way to do it. You know, spitting into a tube for an ancestry test is not going to find these results. You have to go to your doctor if you have these patterns in your family and then see a genetic counselor and get the testing you need. Amy, what do you think the knowledge has done for you? Well, at first, it was devastating. I was afraid and it was, you know, I had to work my way through it. But I, you know, these many years on, it actually freed me up. And actually, not too long after I had the diagnosis, I started realizing that I wanted to embrace joy in my life. I didn't want to wait for things because I figured whatever time I have, I need to spend doing the things that are most important. Um, I don't know if I would have ever written my first novel, The Birth House, if it hadn't been for that diagnosis. Really? Yeah. I started the novel not too long after I got the news. So, yeah, some people are like, like, you know, weren't you, you know, didn't you want to just sit down and drink a fifth of scotch every day? And I said, no, I, I wrote a novel. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. So that was something that you thought you may have talked yourself out of. Yeah, absolutely. If you didn't know that, listen, I've got this shot, I'm going to take it. Exactly. Yeah. Has that made you push yourself in other ways as well? Yeah, I think it's just... You know, and not to the point where I'm a workaholic or I'm, I'm pushing, you know, too hard. Actually, I'm, I'm pushing more rigorously for joy and connection and, um, and trying to spend time with the people I love and being grateful for every moment. The book jumps back and forth in some different timelines, goes back to tell Pauline's story, the seamstress's story as well. Was it cathartic to write this? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, and, the, and I had written it in these three timelines, right? So the history before I was born, obviously Pauline's time and, and my great-grandmother, who was her sister, and my memories of having illness in my family growing up, um, and then the present. So there's a whole thread of me. So the reader's sort of over my shoulder as I'm going through the process of doing the research. And I weave the timelines together instead of placing them end to end. And what happened was I was finding these amazing moments of synchronicity between the generations, and I learned a lot. And I learned a lot about myself. So in the end, it was really worth it to have explored my family's history in that way. You must have a great relationship with your family doctor. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty incredible. Yeah, I was thinking you must see that person a lot. I do. I do. But, you know, she's great because she makes everything work like clockwork. And we know when it's time for this or that. And, and there have been some, she's been there for me when I've had some really tough choices. I had a prophylactic hysterectomy a few years ago um, to ward off the gynecological cancers that are associated with this syndrome. Um, and she was there and really supportive the whole way. So, yeah, I can't say enough about her. Well, I can't say enough about the book. So thank Thanks. you so much for writing this. Uh, it's Amy McKay. The book is called Daughter of Family G, as in the letter G. It's a memoir of cancer genes, love, and fate. It was so great. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Check the book out. You will love it.